Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Hello, Hearts. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. I am excited to reintroduce you to my dear friend, Catherine Plazinski. She is a best-selling author living in San Diego, which we're going to talk about because the first time we heard from her, she was living in Colorado. Her debut book, High Tides and Open Hands, is the chronicles of her journey through grief. With a background in faith and spirituality, Plazinski's work touches on the themes of resiliency, healing, and the power of surrender. Her blend of poetry prose is deeply honest, raw, and inspiring readers to recognize the rhythm of God's pain strokes in their own stories. First off, even just your bio is poetic, my dear. It's so good to have you back, you guys. This is one of my gal pals. So we're going to get personal here because I love Catherine and I love that we all get to hang out with Catherine together. And um, as I mentioned, this is her second time on the podcast because we had gone out to dinner one night and we were sort of just jamming out about some different topics and thought it would be a brilliant idea to bring this topic to the podcast for y'all. We're going to sort of talk about the creative process and spiritual journey and all sorts of things that that I don't want to necessarily spoil. I just want to welcome you here first, Catherine. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had so much fun the first time and um, love every time we hang out and we just talk about all the things. So excited to be here and for everyone that's listening. Yeah. You know, um, before even doing that, like I'm just so present to sisterhood too, because it's interesting how... I think at least with me and Hearts Unleashed, as I went through my own transformation journey, there were friends I already had in life that didn't come with me on the transformation journey. And there's grief there, there's sadness there and and desire for sure. And then though, for those who didn't come, not that I lost those friends or cut people out, wasn't like a big, you know, thing like that, but there was sadness about who didn't come, but who didn't come made room for who came in. And you're you're kind of like one of those people who I, I've met along the journey and it's just been so beautiful. And that there's such a richness in this connection because I always trust that when we're going to get together, it's going to be heartfelt. It's going to have depth. We're going to, you know, explore our minds and hearts or expand into what's possible. And I just really truly enjoy those conversations. So just a little moment of appreciation. Yes. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that um, you you just like, obviously met you as a coach, but it's you coach me on spirituality and just learning to like set boundaries for myself and very personal things. But then also, you have been a coach for me in the creative process, like, when I had no idea what that looks like to write and publish a book. And I just yeah, there's so many different facets that I think our relationship and friendship and coaching relationship touches on and it's you're definitely one of those people put in my life by God so I hear you and I agree and um speaking of like because we really have we've known each other for years and I have gotten to witness you go through all sorts of fun growth and challenges and like I mentioned interviewed you originally in Colorado where you're from and now you're in San Diego tell me about tell us about that journey and like the journey that you've been taken on, let's say, like what it's put you through. Yeah, it's it's funny you ask that because I actually just wrote a, um, it's like a Bible study devotional and 
it's kind of written the format with, you know, stories, poetry, but then scripture and reflection questions. And the theme of it is um, I kind of tie in my own story of coming to California, which was this, you know, lifelong dream I've had since I was like nine years old. And um, kind of relating that to how God led the people out of slavery through the wilderness for 40 years and then fulfilled that promise into the land of milk and honey. And Mm -hmm. I think for a while I was kind of in that place of slavery. And I talk about, you know, these generational patterns and cycles that I was really like caught in and and wanting to break and um, coming to California, that journey is so much more than just like a location switch or like, Oh, I've always wanted to live where it's sunny. You know, it's like so much more than that. It represents just years of, this dream and desire I've had and God like finally fulfilling that. And there's just, there's a lot to it, but yeah, it, it's just doing, doing the thing and um, learning to just enjoy my every day and, and knowing that we can, you know, we don't have to wait till trips or weekends or vacations Mm. to live the life we want to live, like being able to walk on the beach daily and have my coffee there. And um, that that's yeah that life is available to all of us. I personally and deeply appreciate that share because I, although slightly different, like to me, living in California was like never even a reality or a thought until it was. And then, yeah, just because I think my relationship with being on the water, living at the beach, like I live, you know, grew up next to Lake Michigan, but ultimately there's just something different about the West Coast for me. Like the frequency is different and the connection to God is very different. And so the idea that it doesn't have to be um, compartmentalized or encapsulated into a vacation and it be this thing separate from our lives, it being our lives or our lifestyle has set me on a totally different trajectory in life. And so I couldn't agree more. And I don't know about you, but for me, the distance also created a, the physical distance created a energetic distance that then introduced me to myself much mm-hmm. more, which had its highs and it had its lows. It was quite a, you know, it's an emotional journey, but ultimately led me to more self-identification and self-actualization that really, you know, if, if I'm talking about it, like it's what's gotten me to the conversation that we'll have today you know, just being able to navigate things for myself instead of be either codependent or reliant on the people I've had relationships with my whole life. Mm, Yes. Yes. That, that codependency is like one of the biggest, um, I guess, enslavements that I was kind of trying to leave and, and coming here, not knowing anyone, everything being completely uncertain. I think I've spent the most amount of time I've ever spent with myself in the past year, just being here. And I've come to know myself in a completely new way and I've become so much more just like comfortable with myself and accepting and loving and it's been a journey, but really, really beautiful things have happened when you create that space, you know? Amen. And so there's the relocation and then even in the, in the first episode, the first conversation we had, you know, we were talking about becoming an author, but, and we talked a little bit about grief, but I'd love to focus on the creative process and especially the way that you were sharing with me the ways that it links to spirituality can you tell us sort of like starting with the end in mind the concept or context of it and we can kind of explore from there yeah I just I think that with creativity there's such a connection to spirituality I think they're both pretty similar pretty linked um both being something bigger than yourself whether that's inspiration or the divine for me I think 
my inspiration comes from the divine. So it really is all connected. Um, Getting out of the way, becoming just a channel for whatever that is to flow through you. They're so similar in my head, you know, there's like (laughs) so much to say on it. Yeah. In what you were sharing that I had taken two, two main notes because I, I love this stuff. I'm like, getting giddy about geeking out so we're about to we're about to geek out no this is and like for the listeners this is a glimpse into any time we like get together for like dinner or coffee or whatever because it's just us like getting excited about these very abstract things you know (laughs) (laughs) yes I was just going to say like on the first podcast that you had me on when I was becoming an author, I was slowly realizing and was like going through the process of that. I think now I understand is in the creative process too. There's the process of creating and then the process of sharing your creation is a completely different process. Yes, nailed it. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, just they're, they're so different. Um, And I think when we first talked, I was going, I was just just publishing. So I hadn't really understood fully what it looks like that I was still in the creative process, but just there's a new level of vulnerability when you share your creation Mm -hmm. and um, a level of detachment, a level of, I think what I experienced, especially because I write on very deep things, um, obviously grief and, and these things that really touched my heart once I published my book, I didn't realize I was kind of opening the door for that conversation to happen at any point. Like I could be having a great day and get a text where someone was like, Hey, I just read your book. Like this certain thing about this, like really made me emotional. And so I'm brought right back there. You know, it's like, I really, yeah. When you're vulnerable with your work, it's just that process in itself is such a different part of it. You know, I just, it's so fun. It's so fun to be in the process. The process is like the reason why I like want to write, you know? I hear you. And it's such a fascinating thing because I I wouldn't ever want to discourage somebody. I always encourage people to share their stuff, but I think it is, it's a whole nother reality to then allow people to read, digest, process, give feedback on. And so when we write for the cathartic effect of it, I have a lot of journaling that no one will ever see. Right. And, and so that's for me. And then there's all the stuff that I publish and a lot of what I journal eventually becomes something that I publish, but it's, it's in my time. So it might be really raw in a journal and it doesn't get reread for years. And then all of a sudden it's, I've, I've moved, I've, I've created completion around that particular topic and it feels much more ready for, I feel much more ready for people to have feedback for it or response to it. So I, I hear you loud and clear. And I don't think anyone could ever anticipate that or know that until they've walked the journey even if it's explained, even if it's laid out, because I had a, a, I have a dear friend, he's been on the podcast too, Dave Keenest. His book is coming out soon and um, it's called Undercover Angel. And when he talked to me about writing this book, it's been like a five-year journey. And I said, here's what's going to happen week by week, month by month, you know, here's what writing your book is like, and here's all the shit it's going to bring up for you. And then here's publishing your book. And here's all this shit it's going to bring up for you. Cause like the exposure, the concern, the, will people like this? Will anybody even touch it? What will they think I'm crazy? You know, there's lots of it's, there's the, phys, there's the like production. And then there's the emotional journey producing takes you on. I just had a flashback from you talking where I I had been done with 
with my book for a while. And every time we talked, you're like, so where are you at in the process? I was like, oh, I'm just still editing it. And you were like, this, I know it's your baby, but like, it's done. It's done. Like that needs go send it. It's, it's done. And as I was writing kind of this second book, Bible study devotional, whatever I was working on, it was the same process. So I'm just noticing my own tendencies in the creative process and learning my patterns. But I was like, oh, I'm still editing it. And then I just heard your voice be like, no, this is done. This is done. like, you know, it's done. And you know, you're just like, there's that fear piece. But I think yeah. too, it's also important to note on the other side of that, all the fear and um, the things you hear from other people is like also the insanely beautiful side of that is hearing the ways it affects people in really positive and profound ways. Yeah, it was kind of unrelated. It was like a conference I was at and the woman was really aggressive in her message. Like, how dare you? Like, and she was proving a point, but like, how dare you keep your gift to yourself? because of the impact it's going to make, the difference it's going to make and the people who need what you have to offer and in the way that you say it and from your frequency and energy. And I think that that's so important because right, like a lot of creatives will not share their work because, oh, this market is saturated or who's going to like what I put out or it doesn't make any sense or my story is not important. Like whatever reasons we come up with for why not to, it's like, how dare you keep that to yourself? Someone is in need of that exact medicine. And I think that that's really important to remember. Well, and that's where the spirituality comes in, you know, is like once it's out there, like that's up to the divine, that's up to God to kind of just like trusting that that will be seen by who it needs to be seen. And um, I think a lot of that too is just like we were kind of talking about before and you were talking about your, like the season with Hearts Unleashed and, and where people are at. It's like getting out of the way and being a vessel. Um, I know I referenced Big Magic the last time. I was thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time. Keep going. Yeah, but no, she just talks about like inspiration is like it's alive and these ideas will jump from person to person. And it's if it jumps to you, like it's your it's your duty in a sense to um, see that through. And if you don't, like it's going to go to someone else. And so I think so much of that is getting out of the way. And how do we, I don't know, take ourselves less seriously or like, who cares if the, if the market's saturated, you know, like this is like your thoughts, your voice, your story, like it matters. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me that I really vibe off of the idea of being a co-creative component it's not all God and it's not all you or spirit or universe, whichever, whatever. Because you said that right in the very beginning too, because I, I love creating a fluidity around God consciousness and for whatever resonates because, and you said it could be just inspiration, right? Like the the feeling that we have inside or I love love as a higher power too um, because it's something we can all sort of get behind in some fashion. And and that the co-creative component, the fact like the oneness of all of us, like our, our collective frequency, our collective energy and that, you know, you and I can vibe because we're really tethered in some distant dimension that we come from the same energy or we have that, like, we're all a part of the creative energy itself. And so that then it comes through our body, our vessel. And I would love for you to sort of speak on the whole getting out of your own way idea of like, we, you know, we were raised however we were raised with whatever we were conditioned to believe with however we feel about ourselves or or think about ourselves and, and that creativity as, as inspiration comes to us, but it doesn't always come through us because we can't get out of our own way. What do you have to say about all that? Yeah, no, I, it's all just so real. And it, it was kind of uh, making me think about another connection between creativity and spirituality, which is this 
the fact I think both of them are all encompassing, like it, it is a state of flow when you're, when you're in the presence of God and you're so like, you're just present or you're writing or whatever your, your creative outlet is. And you're just so present. Um, and I think we just place a lot of our own limitation and that's a lot of what it means to get in your way. And so I know for me, like, I love the creative process because it's not what happens when I sit down at my desk and open my journal. Like that's not a lot of times it's like, I can't, nothing comes to me, you know, but it's throughout the day being open um, to the experience of life that whatever these things are that inspire you. So I'll be in yoga class or (laughs) sitting by the water and, you know, like an idea will come to me, I'll be on a run and I'm like taking like a voice memo in my phone or like writing it down or like rushing home. Cause I'm like, okay, this is coming from outside of me, but I need to like, just let, let it flow. Um, and so I think just letting go of a lot of that, those like limiting beliefs or that those fears, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in big magic, she's like, fear is like the least like clever creative thing in the world like it just says don't do it to every single person that's what it has to say so if when those fears come up or when those beliefs come up that you know like you're not good enough to put something out there or whatever just moving out of the way and and I think being open in your day-to-day to let let inspiration come to you however it does yeah big yes to that because I cannot tell you how many voice memos or email drafts I have to myself, things like that. And then it's like quite phenomenal that when you're open, like how much will come through because sometimes it's overwhelming. Like I'll even tell clients like, it's okay to close the fire hose of abundance a little bit too, because it can really like not drive you crazy. It can, it can be maddening, but like there's some times where I can't produce content fast enough. Like I have a graveyard of content because I I come up with something new every hour of every day and truly like without force. And that often stuff comes to me when I don't have my phone or a notebook or something. And I'm like, I used to panic about that. I used to be like, oh shit, I lost it, you know, or it's, it's going to go away. And I, what I started a mantra of like, this will come back to me and more fully or clearly, right? Like, Trusting that if it was just an inner, uh, inopportune time to be able to record anything that I, that it will come back. And so that really helped to continue to stay open instead of like creating any sort of anxiety around it. And sometimes I get a half baked thought that I write down and then I leave it be. And then spirit seems to finish the sentence or the thought stream a little bit later. So it's like I can sense when a seed is being planted in within me versus like when one of them is like blossoming or if God just drops a ton of bricks on me, like, here you go. Here's a whole book right now. And I'm like, Oh, thanks, man. (laughs) Yeah. I think the, the word that was coming to me when you were talking was patience because like the first book and what you've talked about similarly with um, a lot of your books too, is like, you can't write it fast enough and it just like pours out of you. And um, I think that being my first experience of being a writer, it kind of made it tough as I transitioned to, you know, like I want to keep writing and I still have so much in me um, that I want to write, but my experience has been different um, with this other devotional I wrote and like just some other things I've been working on where it's like, there's a lot of patience required here. Like even if I want to create something, even if I like have a lot of like content coming through or or whatever it is, um, it's just like not yet. Or yeah, I think just trusting 
trusting that. Like it's okay to start something and and not rush it. Yeah. I have many an episode on this podcast. Like there's 320, 330 episodes and at least five of them are dedicated to journaling. <laughs> Just like, because it's our own encyclopedia. You know what I mean? I have, you know, the the publishing company itself was an idea that came to me two years before I ever followed through on it. And I could, I even went back, like the logo is part of the original download from Spirit years prior. And so I think what's important is to not disregard these little hits and bits that come, but just to kind of put them, store them, set them aside, like, and the, the patience, um, the seed being planted, a seed does not become a tree in a month or sometimes even a year or more. And so we have to trust, and then it certainly won't bear fruit for multiple years. And so I think the patience is probably one of the top pieces of the creative process that is so under-recognized. Yeah. And we live in a world where everyone's a content creator, you know? And so there's, there's so much pressure on, on just always like getting, getting, I even like, as I was, my book hadn't even been published yet. I had just finished writing it. And then I found a publisher and the most common question was like, well, well, like when's your next one? Like that's, which makes sense. And my own, like I was doing that in my own head too, but I think too, in that patience, in that trust is also like, making a really big mark of celebration when you do complete something that has been in the works for a long time. Yep. I think it's, it's probably very, at least I point out to people it's in our human nature and conditioning. Like we have a graduation for every grade. Now we go from middle school straight to high school. We go straight from high school. People are asking us about college. We go straight from college and people are asking us about our job and then about our relationship and one's baby number one and one's baby number two. And so it's like, it's really deep. We are so steeped in quote unquote progress or the what's next of life. I call it shiny thing syndrome a lot because because what for like what are we where are we getting and when are we getting there and why are we going so damn fast like what does it matter and that often we so many people end up 100 miles in the wrong direction because they're doing that without ever checking in celebrating being satisfied with something relishing in the creation or completion of anything we're just sprinting and you know i mean this can go into the whole life conversation but ultimately especially as a creative um or following the inspiration or of the divine you know it is rapid and we control the pace and i think that our humanity is really important like our mental and emotional well-being and i don't think anyone's mental and emotional well-being is intact fully if we're sprinting every day of life yeah, yeah totally agree yeah there was something as you were saying patience too i was really present to um i believe it was the book um something prosper. Oh, I wish I could remember. It's Denise Duffield Thomas. And she really talks about creating a body of work. I I've was present or I've been doing it be- long before I ever had it, had heard it called that. But she's like, you are creating a body of work and a body of work is not made no matter how diligent, no matter like how driven you are and like can see the whole image. I've even created what I have with Hearts Unleashed over the last, you know, seven years and there's 70 years to come as far as I'm concerned. And so it's like, where am I getting other than I'm letting 
spirit flow. I'm, I'm writing what comes to me. I'm speaking and sharing what comes and that there is no pinnacle, rather an offering, like an offering to the consciousness and collective of what you get to contribute. I had um, kind of the imagery of breadcrumbs. And I think about that a lot with the way like that God guides me throughout life is, you know, you only see the the breadcrumb in front of you and wherever I feel that tug or that pull, like the way, like the way God has orchestrated my life and where he's called me, I would have never been able to imagine for myself. And same thing happened with my book. Um, I think because I trusted a lot of those pulls and whatever. Um, yeah, I just couldn't have orchestrated it better, you know? And so I think it just makes me think when people are like, what's your five-year plan, 10-year plan? <laughs> Not that I don't have dreams or goals, but I also just know that like the things I'm happiest that I did were things like God was calling me to do that I would have personally, like I tried to say no to them and they just yeah. kept themselves, you know? And so it's like, I just am at a point where I'm like, open hands. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Just wherever I'll be called, I'm going to trust that that's better than whatever my small limited minds could plan. Yes. And without sounding redundant, I want to highlight that as surrender. Like, let's talk about surrender for a second. What, yes. When I bring it up that way, what do you have to say about um, surrender? I We could have a whole separate podcast about surrender. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. it for me. I love it. That I mean, surrender, trust, it's all, I think it's all kind of the same thing, but getting out of the way, being open, it's all the same thing. And it's all in spirituality like that i i think what i found is like surrender is the key to spirituality and mm. to creativity yeah there's like a handful of things that want to come out at once and you're using spirituality and i also want to use the word faith because i think that surrender specifically there is exactly what you said i want to second that i've gotten guidance and hits and invitations lots of times that I've delayed because of fear or concern or a desire for control. And I remember saying at one point that I am very clear that spirit wants to take over in life, in business, both, and that I am dead scared of what that means because I feel like it will be this like roller coaster, like warp speed through, you know, all my fears and concerns. And that, and everything will just take off. And I, I trust that. I believe that because I believe that God is a good God and like abundance. We deserve abundance and joy and all of this fun stuff. And, and, and not like toxic positivity in that sense, but like true well being for all. And that will mean tearing away some of our creature comforts, some of our, you know, personal desires. And that doesn't mean being a self-sacrificial lamb, but it really means surrendering what we think is the best option for something we cannot possibly fathom is so such a wonderful life. Like I didn't ever plan van life. I didn't even plan being an author. And here I am having written nine books in five years. It's like, what, 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 you know, and the direction that that has taken me, the, the interactions, whether I've written someone's book or helped them publish their book or, you know, and like, I've loved watching you write and publish your book. And it's such a rich partnership and experience. And I get to celebrate you. Like sometimes I feel like big sister or proud mama or good friend, like, and then mentor and guide. And it's like so rewarding. And it's, it's a quality of life. I, I never 
could, I don't really think I could have forced my hand at. I was shown it. I was introduced to it and welcome to it, but I did have to get out of my own way and surrender what I thought was the best plan for what showed itself to me. Yes. I also have like five thoughts that were coming up for me. I think some of my favorite spiritual books that I read, they're about like poverty and dependence on God. And like, we're so little and not in a way that's like self-defeating or, Mm -hmm. uh, but I get like, so I, I found so much freedom in that when I'm like, I don't have to, I can let go of this like control. Um, Cause every day I think that the struggle with life is we try to control what we think life should be versus like what we're actually experiencing. And there's such a weight lifted off when you can just like surrender. Um, but to really, to not like to be dependent on God has been the deepest joy of my spiritual life because it's just me being like, I'm not God. Like I'm not, I don't have to be sovereign over everything. And like, I don't know. And that's okay. And there's like freedom in that. And there's like being able to be, yeah, dependent on this, this source that's so much greater than me. Um, I think that's a lot of like getting out of the way is, uh, anything that says I know exactly what's going to happen. And like, the more I get into just like my faith, spirituality, creativity, life experience, I just learn more and more that I actually don't know anything. Like the further I go, you know, cause there's just so much and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, and I think that's why it's always bothered me, um, in faith where people are judgmental. Cause it's like, the more and more I come to know God, the more and more I see like, as mere human beings, who are we to judge other human beings or stand on a pedestal, like pretending to be the divine when we actually have like, even my deepest experiences of God, which have been insane. Like, I know that's only like a small, small glimpse of who God is. So who am I to say like, this is what God would say or think, or it's like, I actually have no idea. And that's really beautiful for me to just like be able to experience. And so, yeah, all of that to kind of go back into surrender you know, it's yeah. like, it's so beautiful just that not having to know it all or just being in the very moment that we're in. Totally. Really, and oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's really like weightless, you know, like yeah. childlike joy where you can just be where you are and that's enough. Yeah. I, I love you shared a few things that kind of hit the same point for me. And you said like the experiencing the life that you're experiencing, not the one like you expect or desire. And for me, the magic of God has been his very constant and unconditional love because I will cut myself off from the divine because of my self-criticism or self-deprecation, like you, this, or you, that you're undeserving or like unlovable, like whatever sort of like egoic conversation. Shame. Shame. Yeah all of that. And that, that only exists within me. Like I'm the one creating that. And I I will say there's some religious trauma involved of like, you know, shame and guilt and, and judgment and sinning and all these things of where you should be punished. And so I, I've, you know, decided to punish myself or at least the internal dialogue. Therefore, I am either undeserving of God's love or I must repent. And and what's the other one? Repent and then penance, you know? And so, um, but really realizing, like believing, allowing myself to believe that God is good and that's what God is or the divine, that 
it's instant forgiveness. Like forgiveness isn't even really part of the conversation. You know what I mean? Like I or we created that and that it's all love all the time. And I think that gets naturally tied into the harder seasons of life, feeling separate from God, feeling punished, denied, being put through something when in fact, like when I, whenever I come out of the other end of them, of, of a tough season, really realizing I am being, you know, primed, chiseled, polished, prepared for whatever's being asked of me next and and not needing to feel either I'm punishing myself or I need to, or that I'm being punished by God because it really, really cuts me off. And of course, the creative process like is is demolished from there. Like it's only on the other end of the lessons that I'm able to come back to some clarity that that allows for creativity. Yeah. And isn't that like so interesting that when we think you know, God would be disappointed or God's upset with me or whatever that that is actually us pushing ourselves away from from that love. And when you were talking earlier about like how love is one of those things that you like to um, see as a higher source, like God is love and God can't be anything except for love. So like shame's not even I think what I I try to pay attention to is tone. You know, I listen to the tone of, of my thoughts. And if it's like, if I'm like, oh, God would be so disappointed at me. Like, how could I have done this? Or that just the shame. It's like, I just hear this happened to me the other week and I was in church and uh, having kind of those thoughts and just hearing God's voice just say, say my name. It was like, Catherine, like, yeah. that's not, <laughs> that's not the tone of my voice. That's not how I talk. Like, that's not me, yeah. you know? And all he has to yeah. do is just, all I have to do is hear, hear my name to be brought back to like, oh, this is just love and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And nothing but like, we're using the English language to, you know, articulate all of this and that's not even it. It's the tone, mm-hmm. you know, it's the tone of love. I th- I find that so mm-hmm, restorative to just, because it, it, it immediately quiets all the sound. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, that's, that's what truth does, you know? Yeah. Like you can yeah. feel it in your body when something's true and like, that's exactly what it does. Everything else just washes away. And it's like, oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> and I I really, I get a good laugh out of those things because I'm like, wow, I was so far out there. <laughs> yeah. It's and we see, we see those things are happening like in, in God's, God's name. And it's just, that's, yeah. And that's where so much, cause like even us, I think about this, you know, the conversation we're using God so, so loosely or just so fluidly. And for some people, even for myself, six, seven years ago, I would absolutely contract or clam up at the the name God is like, fuck you and fuck this and fuck that, right? Like really aggressive, like resistance. And so um, it, it's just so beautiful to be able to relate to that as such love. And, and that something I feel is very important to say is that no one can really teach any of us how to quote unquote God, that we... God ourselves. Like we have that direct and divine connection. And like, I'm sure we can do all the best we can to like read and understand or find teachers and spiritual guides and mentors, but that ultimately it is solely our own connection that makes this possible. And this is point number probably like five or six of why creativity and spirituality are the same. Yes. it's solely individual, you know, that's my favorite part about like, I get so amped having this conversation, like in general, but whenever I talk about God, I get so excited because it's like your experience and my experience 
are totally unique to like our exact hearts and how God created us. And um, the way you experience God could be so vastly different than how I experience God. And like I was saying before, I think we only know like the smallest glimpse. Like I only truly, I've read a lot, I've whatever, but I only know God from like my experience of him. So when I hear yours, like I'm coming to understand the divine in, in a way I couldn't have before, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen to that. I I love that. And I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but when people want connection to the divine, because I have posted many a meditation or hypnotherapy or, you know, spiritual sessions that it's like, okay, listen, just listen, get quiet, listen. And they're, and people kind of panic. I can't hear anything. I should, what should I be hearing? Or my thoughts are so loud or like, I can only, you know, there's a lot there. There's a lot between us and our connection and, and all the stuff we get. And that to offer to people, because like we're here jamming out and I love this conversation. And I'm sure there's some of our listeners might have a sense of longing. Like how, how did the, how did you get where you are? How can I get where you, where, where I sense you are? And I'm, you know, I'm being very specific about this wording at the moment, but I love the introduction of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs because the most basic needs we have physiologically is food, water, shelter, warmth, um, you know, stability. And well, actually that's the next layer up stability, safety, acceptance, right? So there are um, psychological needs. And if those two, the base and there, you guys look up Maslow's go Google it. But um, that if those are not met, our so, like the top tier of those mas- those needs are our esoteric needs, which is our self-actualization. So our connection with the, the, the divine and then also our expression of the divine. And so a lot of people want to live in those esoteric, the upper tiers of this hierarchy when in fact we aren't, we don't have food and shelter and water. And so it's like really unrealistic. And then we the add in the self-critic of like, you're not doing it right. You're doing it wrong. You're not good enough. You're not deserving. And so we just completely tear ourselves down and make it incapable of having access to that, the divinity or to at least hearing. Cause like, and, and I'd love for you to share what this for yourself too because like I quite literally hear phrases words like it's telepathic but totally clear on words and sometimes it sounds but um, a lot of people might see color or it's a feeling or you know what's that like for you and I don't totally talked on two topics so drop in wherever you want I'm just smiling because I also, God communicates himself through words to me and how, like I was saying earlier, how God communicates based on who we are. Like we're both writers. We both love yeah. words. So it's like that makes sense. You know, I was just makes perfect sense. Just smiling. But um, yeah, no, I think too, um, like that, the surrender piece is like with prayer, prayer is just like our relationship with the divine. I think that we, we think we have to try it's, it's similar to meditation, you know, it's like you get frustrated when you have your own thoughts come up and you're just trying to have nothing. And I think with prayer, it's like that too. Like we kind of like struggle through it. And I think the whole point is surrender. Like we actually don't have to try. And that kind of goes back to like the poverty and the dependence. And, but for me, I think my relationship with even prayer has changed the way I've like connected to the divine. Um, I was a missionary for two years and we, we went to mass every day and we had an hour of prayer every single day, which will just like completely interiorly transform your life. If you're doing that for an hour, every Mm -hmm. single day, you know, 
Um, but I think my prayer used to be speaking of words, like a lot more words based. Um, mm. And as I've been going through the untethered soul again, Michael Singer was talking about how even our thoughts or even our beliefs are thoughts um, how, mm. and we're not our thoughts, you know? So that's made me think a lot about, okay, so prayer is my thoughts to God, like me just telling God about my day or, um, yeah, it's very words based, but ever since moving to California, it's been very being based. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go to the ocean every single day and I'll just sit there. And, um, you know, when you're just like with someone you're really close to and you don't have to talk and you're just like yes. peacefully doing your own thing, but enjoying each other's company. It's like, that's the feeling I get. And peace kind of just washes over me and I don't have to say anything. I don't have to try. Like, I know God sees exactly what I'm feeling and me letting him into not being like super put together or whatever it is I'm like going through or feeling or whatever, just, just being, being in, in the presence of, yeah, the ocean really connects me to, to the presence of God. I could not agree more. I went into a past life regression and it was the very first message that I received was like, I was in my mind's eye, I was dropped right back into a Costa Rican beach and like I heard spirit just remind me like you are home. This is home. Like we need you here because this is where you hear us best. Mm-hmm. And I'm very clear about that. And I couldn't agree more of like, I love the way that you said it too. There's this sense of peace and like relaxed state, like a lack of performance or put togetherness or the less words, all of that. It's just understood. And I love the way that you mentioned like the being is super powerful and also a way that we can be in the world too, because I think we naturally shine the light of love, shine the light of God, shine the light of hope um, just by being, because people can connect to that frequency without words. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I think anyone can access that. I think if like you're kind of touching on people who are listening and, and want that, it's like that's accessible to everyone because it's just being. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I want to offer it to our listeners because the more I've practiced this in life, I see when I'm not being. And so like when I feel too busy, when I feel bogged down, when I feel overwhelmed, when I've overcommitted and it kind of we're like coming back to the part of the conversation of pace and patience, right? Is when we're sprinting through life, it is quite challenging to be, especially just be divine or be love. And um, we can, we can always take on that challenge, but we don't have to work as hard as we think we do, but entering a flow state and allowing like, I think we've become a little bit like tricked almost of like what it means to be good or productive or successful and that we have to be rushing or this, this, the pace of life, I believe is very unnatural. And, um, that's what something that I personally love about van life is I can sort of exit reality for even a temporary period to check back into the pace of nature. If you ever check, like, I think that's part of the beach too. The pace of nature is significantly slower. And so exit the city, exit certain interactions or the day to day and get yourself just sat in stillness and, and see the difference. So good. Mm. 
Yes, yes. And we've ended up in a flow state because I'm pretty sure we're near an hour. And I, will I, start to, I was I like, whoa, it's like I a time warp. And so um, I'd love to, as we begin to wrap up, I would love to check in. Is there any sort of, you know, parting words or anything you'd love to share with our listeners at this point in time? I think one one of the other things I was about to say that kind of just came back to me is as you were talking is both creativity and spirituality are very intimate. You know, the the creation process is you and art, whatever you're creating. Um, and spirituality is you and the divine. And what you were talking about with the pace of life, I think it's it feels so counter social media. Like you don't you don't have to in those moments like it's just so sacred because it's it's you in this thing that's greater than you. Um, and I think that's really where the beauty's coming in. So that was just kind of my my final thoughts wrapping up as um, that came back to me. You know, first off, I just love this as a jam session. This is so great. It's it's really unlike any other episode. You know, I we don't totally have organic flow in other episodes, but having you as a returning guest, like, so different because I'm not introducing you per se. It's just like totally different direction. So I don't feel like so much of an interview as much as a conversation. And I appreciate that part. And so if people are loving this conversation and want to meet you and connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, my name is Catherine Plue on Instagram. I also have my website, which is Catherine Plazinski. We, you'll have that in the show notes. It's kind of show notes, yeah, because we'll we'll spell that out for them. <laughs> yeah, but I'm selling my book and um, my new devotional, and yeah, I'd love to connect, talk all things creativity and spirituality anytime. And um, yeah, I just I'm really grateful for the Hearts Unleashed community as I've been part of the book clubs and and you know doing coaching with you. And so yeah, I'm just grateful for the community, everyone listening, and um, yeah, this has been a blast. Yay. Amen. Amen. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for let, unleashing your creativity. Thank you for letting spirit and God move through you and guide you and, and to support others through their journey. And hearts, I hope that this journey of a conversation has led you anywhere that you need to be or opened some things up for you and that you heard exactly what you needed today to take into your life and take the next steps to unleashing your heart. So thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.